And turn to your neighbor and ask them if they're awake, because it doesn't sound like it this morning. Can we just quickly, if they're not awake, just give them a little elbow, tell them to wake up. Um, if people don't know what a blanket is, I'm not sure how we're going to get through the word this morning. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm excited to share with you this morning. And I want us to pray a prayer together. I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer, and I want you to repeat after me as we pray. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord Jesus. We open our hearts this morning. Lord, we pray that you will realign our thoughts and actions to your word. Lord, we open our ears. We've got soft hearts. Come and speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. We are starting a new series this morning called Fortress. And I'm excited to kick it off today. Today is going to be the introduction message. And this is going to be a journey for us as a church. This isn't going to be a once-off, just a moment, and then we move on from there. But this is, this is prophetically what God has been speaking to us about since the beginning of the year. And we feel the season is right for us as a house to talk through some things and areas that we are trusting God through for breakthrough in each of our lives. The beginning of this year, uh, during our prayer and fast week, we, we prayed about the year of devotion that God has for us. And the one prophetic word that kept coming back to us is that there will be breakthrough. That God will soon crush Satan underneath our feet if we devote ourselves and seek him. And the Fortress series, the slogan for it is a scripture in the Bible that says, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a flood. This is in the Bible. It's in Second Samuel chapter 5. So if you've got your Bible here, why don't you turn there? We're going to study that piece of scripture this morning. And this is going to be the foundational scripture of the next series. That promise that God wants to break through our enemies like a breaking flood. Isn't that a powerful promise to stand on this morning? Isn't that an exciting promise to stand on this morning? But we're going to discover this morning how in the life of King David, he approached his breakthrough. I think we live in a world today where everything has to be done super fast, super effective. Uh, we want all the answers and breakthrough and, and things to happen right now. We want that prophetic word or that moment to change our whole life. Where if we actually study the Bible on this topic, we notice that everything we need for breakthrough in our own lives is written in here. The question we have to ask is, are we willing to work at it? I shared last week a, a scripture out of the parable of the sower, where the seed has been sown, but we have a responsibility for that seed, which is the word of God, to take root in our lives and actually apply it. We have to act in partnership with God to see the things of God in our lives. And in the same breath, this applies to breakthrough in our lives. God isn't one who just made us a bunch of useless people who hang around. He actually has given us everything we need. And he says, you just come up out of that situation, apply X, Y, and Z, and you will get a result of breakthrough in your life. And I believe that this morning. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about these things. How do I get breakthrough over my thought life? How do I get breakthrough in my relationships? How do I get breakthrough in my finances? Are there reasons that I'm battling? What does the Bible say about these things? Because I believe every strategy for breakthrough is written in here. If we would just be so willing to actually put some time aside and study this, you will find breakthrough in your life. 
So this morning, the topic for this morning is breakthrough. That God wants to break through that thing that opposes your life in this moment like a breaking flood. Some of us are at breaking point and God says, I want to take you through that. And this is a prophetic inclination that God has put on us as leaders to talk about these things. And we believe that it is a word in season. I don't know where you are at, but in my personal life, there's things that I've been trusting God for for a very long time. And I've noticed that the breakthrough he wants to bring me is not necessarily in the answered prayer. Because through this years of trusting him, he's done so much in me that's changed me completely. And I've seen breakthrough in my character. I've seen breakthrough in the things of the word of God apply to my life. And so often we limit breakthrough simply to the circumstance that needs to change. We think breakthrough only happens when there's this thing and that gets out of the way or where there's this lingering prayer and God hasn't answered it. And when he's answered it, then I've got the breakthrough. But I believe as we study his word over the next few weeks, you're going to see that there's been breakthrough moments throughout your walk with him all along. But we don't stop to pause and think about it. So let's read together 2 Samuel chapter 5. David's just been anointed king of Israel. A profound moment in the history of the Jewish people. King David, just been anointed. And we're going to talk a little bit about the context after I've read the scripture. But let's read together. We're going to start in verse 17. It'll be up on the screen. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perizim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up, go around to their rear, and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rose yourselves, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will come and breathe on your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you will use me to convey your heart in a, in a way that you want this morning, Father, and that you will preach through me, Father, that there will be your anointing on the words this morning, Father. Thank you for your life-giving word, and may that stand tall here in our midst this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a very fascinating scripture with so many things that I want to pause at and just mention to you and say, have you noticed what it said there? The first thing I want to say is, it's very interesting that David's just been anointed king. A profound moment in the history of his life and of the nation of Israel. And immediately he's faced with opposition. 
We spoke about this last week. Jesus being baptized and God saying, you are my son, and immediately he's faced with opposition. Isn't that how life happens? When there's a breakthrough moment in our lives or a moment of, of, of significance, the enemy always comes and he tries and take it away from us. And we talked about this last week. But here in King David's walk, I, I, I could have imagined that he would have maybe just wanted to enjoy being a king for a little while and, and speaking to the people and changing a few things, but he was opposed with opposition immediately. It was interesting to see that the Philistines said that, it said that all of them rose up against him. Sometimes we feel like that, that God, everything is up against me. If there's one more thing that has to rise up against me, I'm not sure that I'll be able to stand any longer. But it's very interesting to see what David did. He didn't act out with the knowledge that he had. Up until that point, Israel has been, had a pretty good track record, unlike the Springboks, of defeating their enemies. David immediately, in that position where he was faced with his enemy, retreated and went to God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And then we see Baal-perazim means where God is bursting forth, where he goes ahead of you and he brings the breakthrough that you want to try and do out of your own effort. And then very interesting, as these Philistines were overcome and they left their idols there and they retreated and they ran away. And then David and his people burned those idols down. And I want to say this this morning. Breakthrough is always intended to establish that God alone is God. In that moment that they had victory, they said, we're going to deal with these idols. And we're going to break them down to prove again that there's only one God. And then the last observation I want to make this morning before we study the scripture is that David asked, shall I go up? What would have happened if God said no? What would have happened if God said, go up, but you're going to be defeated this time? And sometimes in our walk as Christians, and I love what David shared this morning, God does allow things which is different than what we would have liked for an outcome that is different to what we expected. And that's the beauty of serving a sovereign God. And we sang about this this morning. That he's the one who decides and he's the one who knows the end. And we only know in part. And that's where faith steps in. Where we say, God, shall we go up against our enemy? Will we see the breakthrough here or won't we? We don't know. It's up to God to determine that. And if we can be a people who have soft hearts before him and say, God, whatever the outcome, we're going to trust you and we're going to inquire of you. What's interesting about the context is the chapters before this, Saul is dead, he's died, he's passed away, he tried to kill David. So it was a a, a tumultuous time in David's life, and Saul was dead. And instead of celebrating that Saul is dead after trying to kill David, he lamented for Saul and he praised Saul's work and said he was a great king. And then the tribe of Judah made David king over that tribe. And then all the other tribes started opposing the tribe of Judah. And then in the chapter before this, the tribes came together and said, David, we want one king united over our nation of Israel. So unity happened before they faced their opposition. It's an interesting observation and an important one to make. And then what's very interesting is the chapter after they defeated the Philistines 
is when David said, it's time to restore the glory of God to this house. And he went to fetch the Ark of the Covenant, which is representing the presence of God in their midst. And they celebrated after their, their victory and bringing the Ark back to the house of David. David's breakthrough took place as a result of the unity and for the restoration of God's glory. It was in between these two moments. Unity needed to happen to set up for the breakthrough. And because of the breakthrough, God, God's glory returned to the nation of Israel. And the key scripture for us, for our series, and that's where the name Fortress comes from, is 2 Samuel 5, verse 17 and 18. All the Philistines went up to search for David, but David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. I've got a question to ask you this morning. If you are being faced by something, where is your eyes at? Are you looking at it the whole time? Are you allowing intimidation in your life the whole time? Are you pondering on that the whole time? Because that's not what David did. He didn't go and stand up in the valley of Rephaim, looking at his enemy, starting to get scared and overwhelmed by what's ahead of him. He retreated and went down onto his knees in the fortress. And to him, his fortress was the Lord. We're going to discover it this morning. And out of that position, he already had his breakthrough, even before opposing those in the valley ahead of him. I thought about the image of a fortress, and I, I thought, how do I make it real to us today in our context? Because we don't have fortresses around in South Africa anymore. Um, I remember as a young, young boy in my standard four or five years, we had a bender. Anyone had a bender? Like a gang. It was the thing. Uh, we didn't have Netflix and iPads. We had to keep ourselves busy with other things. So me and my friends had a, had a gang, and we called ourselves the Black Widows. Now, just, just before you get pictures of young boys cross-dressing into dresses, a black widow is a spider, for those of you who don't know. It's the American name of a, of a button spider or a knoopy spinner cop. It's that, that vicious black one with the red little marking on it. And I remember my school days dreaming about this gang that we started, the black widows. Um, and when I, I didn't attend to the class, I would draw pictures of the black widow and we would design a logo and... So me and three friends, we are the Black Widows. We were elusive. We were operating on the weekends with our bicycles. There was a time when mountain bikes started coming out. And there was this craze about the thing with the shocks and everything else. And um, so we each had a bike. I had a Nishiki bike. <laughs> Anyone know that? Nishiki? There we go. Thank you. And um, so Friday afternoons, we would come together and then we would draw Black Widow images on our arms and we would wear black clothes with something red on it and then we'd just go right in the streets of our neighborhood and our funnest our funnest part was where we set up a little fortress for ourselves this was really our safe space so we brought stuff from our home and one of our friend's dad kindly uh, offered and allowed this little side very dark room of their house to be a fortress it had an outside entrance and we had plans to get together there 12 o'clock on a Friday night. I don't know what to do, but it's all this idea of we're a gang and then we ride the streets and no violence, nothing whatsoever. And one day we left the fortress and we went out on our bikes and we were on a massive downhill, as big as a downhill you can get in Pretoria because there aren't that many. And uh, the, the, the goal was, let's ride our bikes down without using our brakes. It's like, come on, we, we're the black widows. We can do it. We're strong. we we, we've got the power. So here we come down this downhill, and I was opposed with our enemy for the very first time 
Because right in front of me ran a Maltese poodle. And I didn't have any strategy because we didn't talk about the strategy because we just, we the black widows, we strong. And all that I ended up doing is turning left. And then there was a tree with a branch like this, vertically. And I remember literally hitting it like this. My, my bike continued riding on and I like hit it, fall onto the floor. And all my friends gathered around me and they laughed their heads off. And then we talked about it. And he said, maybe it's better to stay in the fortress. <laughs> I wanted to give up Nishiki biking. I wanted to just not be the Black Widows anymore. But in that moment, I didn't have a strategy. Some strategies we discussed afterwards, you should have just hit the dog and just kept going. Why do you swing out for a little dog? I was scared. It was a little dog like this going, yep, 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 chasing my bike. I was scared of this thing. It sounded much bigger and it looked much bigger than what it actually was. And all I did was shot left, and then I got a shot in my face. The next week at school was really funny, because everyone would ask, Pierre, what happened? And then my friends would recount the story of the elusive black widow member who didn't know how to face a dog. But you know what? That's often what our enemies are like. It's a little yapping dog. And true, I could have just crossed it and just kept going. But because I I looked at it and I got scared by the yapping, I took matters into my own hand and I I swerved to the left and it ended up in pain for myself. And this is something we see in David's life. He didn't say, there's an enemy, I've got a massive army, I'm going to go and face it. And sometimes that's how we face the things in our life. You know what? I'm strong. I've got this. I know how it works. I'm going to go and face the devil. David retreated. He said, the first place to start is on my knees. The first place to start in my journey of breakthrough is by seeking God and going into the safe place, the fortress. And it's very interesting. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 18, that this psalm is written in exactly the season that Saul died and David started facing as king his enemies. And I love how, how the Bible is written because it brings things together. Psalm 18, and the name of this psalm is, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Is that incredible? And it says here that this psalm is written, if you have your Bibles, you'll see it there, to the choir master, Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of the song to the Lord on the day when the Lord rescued him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, and then his psalm was written. So here's David in the midst of facing his enemies saying, I'm going to write a song about this. Because here's what I believe the best strategy for me is in facing the enemies. I'm going to read a couple of verses for you. You can follow in in, in the Bible. It won't be up on the screen. It's quite, quite a long psalm. But this is what he wrote about God. He starts off by saying something profound. He says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I'm saved from my enemies. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried out for help from his temple. He heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me. 
The Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself, you seem torturous. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. I can kill a Maltese poodle on a bike. And by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed. David wrote this psalm in the midst of all the breakthrough that he was trusting God for. Prophetically declaring that God would make him victorious against his enemies. So this morning, I want to ask the question, what happened in the fortress? What happened when David retreated? When the enemy was coming his way, he didn't go and face them. He didn't rely on previous strategies. He didn't say, we've got a strong army, we can do this. He simply retreated. And there's three things, which is the start of our journey and breakthrough today. The first one I want to mention is that breakthrough comes from intimacy. Before David interacted with the enemy, he encountered God through intimacy. Before he did anything. When last did you have an intimate encounter with God? When Jesus died... The curtain in the temple tore that separated us from his holy presence. And yet we walk through life without making that our greatest pursuit. David lifted this. He said, yes, there's an enemy of thousands of men running towards my fortress. But I don't care because I can have intimacy with one God that is greater than them all. Who created them and can wipe them off the face of the earth like this. So I'm going to choose intimacy rather than being intimidated by what's ahead of me. We see this in the book of Exodus. When Moses went to the mountain, God told Moses, bring Aaron with you when you come up to the mountain. God, Moses went up to the mountain. Aaron stayed behind. I'm sure that Moses did extend the invitation. We don't know why Aaron stayed behind. But up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, where God gave Moses the instructions of worship, And what they as a people should look like, 
Aaron stayed behind. And out of intimacy, in the presence of God, Moses received his instructions. But back with the people, out of intimidation and impatience, them saying, why is Moses taking so long? They came to Aaron and said, you, up, build us a God. Make us a calf that we can worship. So many of us rather play in the field of intimidation and impatience than being like David, going onto our knees and say, Jesus, I'm going to wait this out until you give me the strategy and the next step. And then we wait and we wait and we wait until he says move. This psalm that David wrote starts off by saying, I love you, O Lord, my strength. I'm deeply and fully and completely in love with you. That was the premise that he operated from. Not from a radical prophetic word, not from a stance that I am strong, or that I've got the armor, and these are all weapons that God has given us, which we will talk about. But his heart was one of God, I love you. And this is what matters most in this moment. And even if you say no, I'm going to ask you in a minute, should I go up? Even if you say no, I'm okay because I love you. I'm secure in who I am in you. And then the second thing we notice is that breakthrough comes from inquiry. Out of that place of intimacy, of being with God and being with Jesus, we can start asking the questions and inquire. I said this last week, which mouth have you been listening to? When the enemy come to, came to Jesus and said, you just make this bread and take the rocks and turn it into bread. Jesus said, you shall not live from bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we've been inquiring as a people, and I'm a victim of that, from every other place except from God first. We get advice here, we get advice there, we have opinions left, right, and center. But I believe, as I said earlier today, and I'm going to say it a lot through this series, that every strategy for breakthrough is in here. Every single one of it. The question is, will we take time to inquire of God? When last did you fast to inquire of God what you need to do? Where's the spiritual disciplines in our life? We, we will wake up 30 minutes earlier to just take his Bible and say, God, show me today how I need to face the situation. When last were you so desperate for your breakthrough that you say, I'm going to be hungry for a couple of days because more than what I desire food, I desire the will of God in my life. And maybe it's because our culture is one of quick fixes and easy solutions that we as a church have neglected to do these things. It goes right back to what we've been saying all this year. Devote yourself to the word of God, to prayer, to fellowship, and the breaking of bread and worship, and then God will move on your behalf. So inquiry is that moment where we say, God, I'm going to spend some time praying until I have an answer. I'm going to spend some time fasting. I don't know for how long. Usually when I go into a fast, I tell God, I'm going to be fasting until you give me the release. Sometimes it's two days, sometimes it's five days. Spiritual discipline precedes breakthrough. And it's in that moment when we inquire of God that we get clarity of what to do to face the enemy ahead of us. Psalm 18 again. This God, his way is perfect. 
He trains my hands for war. Training isn't a quick, immediate action. Training is exercising, practicing, doing it again, listening again, checking it again with his word, making sure that these are the actions I need to take. And that only comes when we inquire of him and make time to inquire of him. Not of peer, not of your life group leader, not of your spouse, of God. And sitting with his word and figuring it out together. I love how the Bible is written. He doesn't say this God, his way is perfect. He gives my hand a hand of war. He immediately makes it. He, he brings a golden little staff and he hits it and then I'm ready for war. And that's sometimes what we want. There's a training that happens in that intimate place and inquiring of him. And then lastly, and this is very important. Breakthrough comes from innocence. I'm not innocent. I've messed it up many times. I still do. But when we inquire of God, oftentimes and most, most of the times, he starts dealing with our hearts first. That's why David said, search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. Before I go and face the opposition of wickedness out there, start with me, Jesus. Ask me if there's anything in me. And this is what's written in Psalm 18. He says, I was blameless before him, I kept myself from guilt, so the Lord has rewarded me, for you save a humble people. I had to deal with this theology in my brain for such a long time, because I've been taught for most of my Christian walk that it is out of my place of strength and conviction that I'm going to see the victory. Here it says it's out of humility and being blameless before God. And that's a massive shift in one's brain. And yes, there is strength because he said in the beginning, I love you, Lord, my strength. Foundationally, there's strength. But in my walking and the way I live, I want to make sure it's blameless. I want to make sure it's in humility. And oftentimes in intimacy, when we inquire of God, he deals with our hearts first. And I really believe this is the essence and the application for us today. He's saying, God, look at me. Before we talk about what I'm facing, Search me and show me if there's any way in me that's not blameless. And this is the beauty again of the gospel message of resurrection of the cross. And said, yes, we all stand accused. Yes, we all have guilt. But he did say in Colossians 2 that he has forgiven all our trespasses by canceling our record of debt and nailing it to the cross so that we can be innocent again. Breakthrough is imminent When we are intimate with Jesus, inquire of Jesus and become innocent through Jesus. And that's the starting point. Albertus, you can come and join me for us this morning. I want us to be a people who really, authentically, deeply love Jesus more than anything else. This week we had some incredible moments uh, with the Every Nation leadership in Johannesburg. Staff and leaders coming together for a time of input And the thing that I left, the number one thing I left with there is seeing leaders who just love Jesus deeply. Yes, they're brilliant scholars of the word. Yes, they're fantastic strategic leaders. But when I look at Steve Murrell and Manny Carlos and Roger Pierce who leads South Africa and Gillian Davids and these men, they are just deeply in love with Jesus. They just love him more than anything else. They make intimacy their number one priority. And it's through those moments that we can inquire of God. We want a quick slap it on, 
you know what, Jesus, I'm, I'm facing something. So can you just quickly, uh, Psalm 23. Okay, Psalm 23. I know it. I actually don't need to read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then we go with that, and we think it's enough. I don't know how much time David spent in that fortress. But I know that he spent a whole lot of time in there. And then an interesting thing happens. God told him, go up, you shall defeat them. Face them head on, you will be victorious. And that happened. And then they went back. But then it says the Philistines returned. They went back. They reinforced themselves. They got strength again. And they came and they faced David again. And here's the key. David didn't say, you know what? God has done it before. He's going to do it again. I'm just going to go and face them. He said, no, 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 no. God, is it the same strategy? I'm going to go back to intimacy. And I'm going to inquire of you again. Should I face them? Should I go up against them? And God said, there's a different strategy this time, my son. Go behind the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching, you take them on from the rear. Some of us have not attained our breakthrough because we go back to the same thing the whole time. You will attain your breakthrough the moment you find your intimacy with Jesus again. Make that priority. You will attain your breakthrough when you inquire from that position, studying his word, applying the spiritual disciplines and making that the focus. And you will attain and receive your breakthrough if you can stand before God and say, God, I'm blameless because of what you've done. Any hidden sin, any offense against you, I've confessed it, I've brought it into the light. I'm going to say this, and I say this with a loving heart because I've seen it in my own life. Many of us don't get the breakthrough because we are our own worst enemy. We allow things in our life that hinder us from the breakthrough God has for us. I shared this last week. Two weeks ago, I became ill in my body, physically feeling ill. I was challenged. Helena said, Pierre, there's bitterness in your heart, and there was. And I had a decision to make. My breakthrough came when I said, God, search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. And God said, the words of your wife is true. There is bitterness. And I repented. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm washed clean by the cross. It's over and done with. He's forgotten it. I keep reminding him every time I talk about this, but I'm sharing the real story with you today. And that's where we need to start today, saying, Jesus, on my knees, me and you, is there anything in me? And then he comes with his beautiful grace like he does. He says, here's this, here's that. And he just wipes it away. So I want us to respond in such a manner this morning. Albertus is going to minister a song to us. If you've got a piece of paper or a phone, maybe you don't have either, you can just speak to God. Ask him, Lord, is there anything in me that's caused me to not be blameless in your sight? Make your list. I believe that some of, some of us make our lists today. Your breakthrough is here. Maybe there's an unforgiveness to another person that you've held on to so long and things in your life doesn't make sense. If you just forgive and ask for God's forgiveness, that might just be the breakthrough you need. Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that you will investigate our hearts you will search us and make known to us if 
there's any wicked way in us, Lord, so that we can accept your gift of grace and be made clean because of what you have done. Holy Spirit, come and speak to everyone in this room. In Jesus' name. Take a moment with God. Make, make your list. that you paid the price so that we can be innocent and blameless in your sight, Lord. Lord, we take these record of debts that stand against us and we thank you for your word that said that you have forgiven us all our trespasses, that you canceled the record of debt with all its demands, that you nailed it to the cross. Lord, and then that scripture continues saying, you disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Well, thank you that there is triumph and victory and breakthrough in you because of the work at the cross. Lord, and I pray, Lord, as we embark on this seeking of living a life which is fully and completely victorious in you, Lord, that we would never stop, that there would not be a day where we stop and say, Jesus, just need to be with you for a little bit. 
Lord, that we won't have closed ears to you and open ears to the world, but that, Lord, we would seek your wisdom and not learn, lean into the foolishness of this world, and we would inquire of you, Lord, and daily, that you will show us if there's any blameless way in us so that we can come again to the cross. Thank you, Lord, that we can do it every day. Lord, this life happens and we do get tainted from time to time. But daily your grace stands and your mercy is on you every morning. And we want to be a people who take hold of that. We want to be a humble people. We want to be a blameless and righteous people so that we can say, God has saved us. Not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done. Lord, and then I want to pray for those of us who've been trusting you for our enemies ahead of us to break through them like a bursting flood, Lord, that we would see you move powerfully in our lives as we study your word over the next few weeks, that we would understand the complete work that you have done for us. Give us a heart like David, who hankers after you, who's desperate for you, who thirsts for you, Lord. Let us be people who stay hungry for you every day. We're not desperate, so desperate for our breakthrough as we are for you, Lord. We're not so desperate for the thing we think we need as we are for you. Our desperation for you, Lord, exceeds it all. And I pray that over our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Take that piece of paper, throw it away, wipe clean your list on your on your phone, but really the heart of this is that we would come back to this throughout the series. I'm going to be asking you, how's your intimacy with Jesus? Have you been asking God for solutions? Have you been asking Him to show you if there's anything in you before you point the finger to anything else? Are you guys ready for this journey? Excited for it? I hope that some of you this morning already feel that God has been speaking to you next week. We're going to speak, for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about what's our IP address. IP address, I'm not going to say much, too much about that, it's a technological, technological thing, but what's our identity and our position? Because if we understand our identity in Christ and our position in Christ, a lot of what we're facing will just naturally fall away already. So I'm excited for this series. Have a blessed week. I'm going to hand over to Pete to dismiss us. Thanks.